0: for signs and wonders following your declared word. We thank you your presence is everywhere this word will go forward. So Lord, we just give you all the praise, we give you all the glory for everything that will be wrought. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone did say, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Let's make this confession of our faith. Say, Father. I've come to receive revelation, wisdom, and understanding from your Holy Word. And I fully expect the Holy Spirit to bear witness with my spirit concerning revelation of the Word and how to apply it in my life on a daily basis. I am a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Amen. I'm a fruitful believer. We have been ministering for the last little while concerning this area of the big payback. I want to I say thank God for those that are joining us by way of online and those that are joining us, even that will join us in the future, by way of recording. Amen? Thank God for you. We have been ministering from the subject, the big payback, faith in the God of recompense. Faith in... In the God of recompense. Well the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And one of the things that we got to understand is that if you don't have faith, it's because of the fact you hadn't been hearing from the Word of God in the particular area. And so what my assignment is here is to give you or to minister this Word so that you will begin to have faith in this area of the big payback or faith in this area of God, the God of recompense. Now, Hebrews 11, I'm sorry, 10 in verse 35, Hebrews 10 and verse 35 has been our text in regards to this particular subject, and let's read that once again this morning. The scripture says this, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Well, we've indicated to you in the past, and I'll reiterate again this morning where he says cast not away your confidence. It literally means cast not away your boldness, cast not away your courage, cast not away your assurance is really what that word is translated. Well, what is assurance? We understand that the root of faith is an assurance. Cast not away your faith, which has great recompense of reward. I believe we can read that that way and be accurate. Well, he tells us don't cast away your faith or don't cast away your confidence because there's going to be a temptation to cast away your confidence in regards to what you are believing God for, that God will, in fact, pay you back, that you're not just doing things to be doing it, but God Almighty will, in fact, take care of you. Well, the old hymn said, Be not dismayed, my God or God will take care of you. And understanding that and having faith for that is something that only comes about the more we begin to talk about these areas, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's look at this definition once again for the word payback. The word payback means a return of investment, equal to or, or equal to the original capital outlay, a return on investment. These years of living right have an investment. These are an investment of my life. These years of obedience to God is an investment. But but God says there is a return in regards for this investment. To pay back also means the average or advantage someone or receive for someone. An advantage that someone gives you because of what you in fact have done. And so we understand that this word recompense also comes from the Greek word, which means a payment of wages due. A payment for wages due. We are talking in terms of the root word, which means compensation, payment for a debt or obligation. So when I am talking about the God of the payback, we got to first establish whose payroll are you in fact on? Are you on the King of Kings payroll or are you on the satanic payroll? And whatever payroll that you are on, that's the one that's going to pay you back. That's the reason why when you decide to get into areas of your flesh and yield to your flesh, yield to sin, then you're on the devil's payroll. And he can say, all right, they have to have this harvest, God, because of the tools they've been using. They've been utilizing my tools. They've been utilizing my equipment. So, God, I'm demanding payment. And God says, all right, I have to authorize it because of what you authorize within your life. But if I make a determination, I say, all right, God, I'm going to do things your way. I'm going to do your assignment. I'm going to, as we used to say, be about the kingdom's business. Then God says, all right, there's a payday for that. To recompense means to balance out. And we've indicated to you these four specific areas of what this word recompense means within the scriptures. To balance out the books, if you will, it means to repay, which is to pay back, which is the central thing that we've been talking about, but it also means to reward, something giving in exchange for good behavior or good work, to reward the behavior thereof. It means to restore, it means to repair, it means to refresh. This is a part of recompense, recompense, if you will. It also means to give back, to return something to the person who gave it to you. I'm returning this to you. I'm giving this back to you. The one that gave you this originally, I'm restoring you. I'm giving you stuff back. This is why when we're looking in terms of we're going to get there, Lord have mercy, we're going to get there. When we're looking at the story of, of the Exodus, we have to understand that one of the reasons why God says, I want you to go get that money back before y'all leave out of here is because it was owed to them. Every year that they were working in bondage, every blessing that Egypt walked in was a direct result of the fact Egypt was blessed because of Joseph and the seed of Joseph and the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so it would have been unjust for them to leave out of Egypt, broke, busted, and disgusted. So in reality God was saying I am the God of recompense so that when they get ready to leave Egypt get the money as well. The Bible says they didn't leave out not a feeble one among them. In other words all of them were walking all of them were restored all of them were upright away from this notion that we see maybe within the Ten Commandments where some of them were carried out on stretchers or some of them were poor and broken all these kind of things. That's not the picture that the Bible displays to us. He says not a feeble month, which means every one of them had the capacity and the ability to walk out and not only did they walk out the same uh, or full or healthy they walked out rich because the God of recompense said alright every year that y'all sacrifice is a payback in your life And I submit to you every year that you sacrifice for God, every year that you decided to do something for what God has assigned you to do. God says, I saw every single year and don't you fling away your faith in regards to me being the God of recompense. Now, Psalms 27. Psalms 27. And verse 13. David says this, he says, I had fainted unless I had believed. I, he said, I would have fainted, I would have caved in, I would have quit. But I had a belief system to see what? The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. A belief system to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living is connected to this area of confidence. I'm believing that I'm going to see his goodness, but not on the other side only, but on this side of heaven. And therein lies the issue again. Indicated this on Thursday, and I want to reiterate it again on this morning. Some people have faith, particularly when we are talking about the traditional church. They have faith for heaven. They believe for heaven. They believe by and by when the morning comes, all of those things, everything will be right in heaven, and they have no faith or confidence that God is going to recompense them, or we're going to see God's goodness on this side of heaven, because we're not taught that. And we got to look at historically for people of color, why we were taught that, because previous generations, perhaps in this country that were slaves, taught their children to believe for heaven because of the hell they were living in on the earth. So they didn't know how to believe God that that things could get better than what they saw currently. So the only thing they could do is believe that by and by, when the morning comes, things would be different on the other side in heaven. They consequently taught it to their children, and some of their children passed it on to us. And in reality, if you only have faith for heaven, that's the reason why you're only going to see his goodness in heaven. Because the Bible says faith, again, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. David says, I'm different. David says, I have a belief system that I am believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so therein is my assignment. Because I want to get somewhere, but we can't get there until we establish this foundation. I ask God, to say, why is it that some see your goodness and others don't? And God says it has nothing to do with him and his ability or capacity. It has everything to do with your ability to receive him as the God of recompense. Receive his goodness within your life. We just sung a few months ago, your goodness is running after me. And yes, it is. But when it catches up with you, some of us don't know how to receive his goodness. Because if you're going to receive the goodness of God, it requires that you receive it by faith Mark chapter 9 and verse 23 let's begin here Mark chapter 9 and verse 23 notice this is Jesus speaking he says Jesus said unto him if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth now Once again when we look at things and we need to see it in reverse If all things are possible to him that believeth Then it must be that all things may not be possible to the one that does not believe Or in other words if I do not have believing in its proper seat Then the impossible is not possible for me My believing determines my seeing Not my seeing determining my believing Let me say that again. My believing determines my seeing, not my seeing determines my believing. The impossible, the manifest goodness of God is available to the believer, but not to the one that believes not. David said, I'm different. I'm believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living some of us are saying yes we are believing to see God recompense us to pay us back on this side of heaven others are saying I'm believing by and by when the morning comes and therein lies the difference some of us the reason why we don't believe is because again we've not been taught that God is the God of recompense the impossible The manifested goodness of God is available, but he says it's available to the believer, not to the one that believes not. Now, let's turn over, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. I would admonish you to just ride with me a little bit. I have some notes up here that are a little bit different. (laughs) We're going to get there at the same time. Let's look, if you will, at Ephesians chapter 3. Let's back up uh, and look at verse number 16 so we can have a little bit of context. Scripture says here that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. This is Paul praying by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, I pray that you are strengthened with might in the inner man. He says that, verse 17, Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye believing rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend. And that's going to be important in one of these sessions. I don't think today, but we're going to get there. He says that you might be able to comprehend because the way you comprehend the kingdom of God has everything to do with how you receive from God. He says that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is, he says, the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. He says there's a breadth to God, there's a length to God, there's a depth and there's a height to God. And the way you comprehend this has everything to do with how you receive from God. Let's keep going. He says, verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, strength with might in the inner man, so that you might be full. The more you comprehend, the more God can fill your very life. Verse 20 says, Now unto him, notice the term that is able, able, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So God's capacity to go beyond what you're asking and thinking, God has the capacity to do so according to the power that worketh within us. So God has the ability to exceed my asking and my thinking. According to a power that works within us. And I submit to you, the power that works within you is the power of you believing. If Jesus says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth, then he must be talking about a power that's working on the inside of you. I submit to you, that power is believing, that power of faith. And so, therefore, therein lies the rub, why faith is always attacked. I remember a couple years ago. I had gotten to a place in my life where I stopped believing. I was like, you know, things don't look right, things ain't walking right, things ain't happening the way I thought, and I was going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, and little by little, I had stopped believing what I would believed previously in the past. And one night, my wife looked at me and said, you ain't the same man that you used to be, and I said, what you talking about? You don't seem to believe like you used to. And I had to re-examine some things about what was going on internally. The same power that used to work on the inside of me had been diluted with unbelief because I was looking more at the current circumstances and not at what God said. And the more you give concentration to the circumstances, all these other things, you can cut yourself off from being able to receive his goodness. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, now unto him that is able, God's capacity is not ours to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but he says, according to the power that worketh within us. The root of my asking and thinking is, dare I say, my believing. The root of my asking and my thinking is my believing. And so if my believing is wrong, my thinking is going to be wrong. If my thinking is wrong, my asking is going to be wrong. And the only thing God can exceed within your life is always limited because your believing is limited. And so what God will oftentimes do is spend more time talking to you about who he is so that your faith would rise so that you will believe. Your believing determines what, therefore, you will see. Your believing determines what you will see. Now, I got uh, five things I want to talk to you about this morning that weren't originally on my agenda at all, but these are the areas I believe that the Spirit of God has for us. Now, we say that we believe God, but there are certain things that cap our believing, and some of them, one of the main ones is our speaking, and we'll get there in just a minute. Watch this. Five areas that we need to understand before we can really dive deeper into this area of understanding about the God of recompense. Number one, my believing determines my receiving. We've already basically indicated that. My believing determines my seeing. Turn, if you will, or look, if you will, on the board at Mark 11, verse 24. My believing determines my receiving. He says, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things notice he says ye or i'm going to use or i'm going to insert the word you whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you've received them and you shall have them he says whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and ye shall have them so he's saying all right i am a limitless god and i'm putting the onus on you on what you are going to be believing for are you going to believe that in my goodness to be seen and in a manifestation in your life on this side of heaven? Or are you going to say it's in the by and by? Or am I having my expectation now to see God move in certain areas? Or am I saying that went away with the early church? Number two, watch this. Listening or listen to what you are speaking, you will locate what you really believe. Listen to what you're speaking. Listen to what you're speaking. You say, We're well, all right, Reverend. I hear you talking about belief. I hear you talking about believing for his goodness. I hear all these things, and I've been doing that. But if you start doing an examination on what you've been saying, then we can locate what you really believe. It's easy to say what you believe at church, but it's a whole lot harder when the pressure is really there. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory until I have an issue in which I am questioning whether or not I believe that. Whether or not I believe that is, is tested when the pressure is there. When an issue shows up and it begins to ask you, who do you believe, God or this? A lot of times we say we believe that and not God. And God says, all right, how can I determine that? Listen to what you say. What do I say when the pressure is on? What do I really believe? Do I believe that he's the God of recompense? No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me, he shall condemn. Now, notice here, amen. People say, yes, glory to God, but do you really believe that? Because when the weapons are formed against you, Do you feel like that I got to get out the spirit and confront this in my flesh because I don't really believe this scripture? And one of the ways you can tell is do you yield to your flesh by moving to an area of using profanity, moving to an area of operating in your flesh instead of saying what God says. Listen to what you are saying and you will locate what you really believe. Matthew 12 and verse 34 says, Old generation of vipers, how can ye bring or being evil... Uh, speak good things. He says, out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, I'm sorry, the mouth speaks. Turn over, if you will, to Proverbs 18, and let's look at verse number 20. Proverbs 18 and verse number 20. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If cussing ain't in there, it can't come out. (laughs) That's the reason why it's so easy for you to set it aside and just cut somebody out because it's in you. Jesus. If the word's in you, that's what's gonna come out of you in the pressure. <laughs> now notice this. Why I see home is he home so heavy on this area of words? Because, watch this. Matthew, I mean Proverbs 18 and verse 20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of. Notice he says his mouth a man's belly shall be satisfied by he says satisfied with the fruit of his mouth well what is the fruit of his mouth now we can look at this from a natural standpoint the stuff you know that you put in you that's what's going to satisfy your belly I submit to you when you speak what God says about you that's what's going to satisfy you when you speak and declare what God says about you I am what he says I am I am the healed of the Lord protecting my health from sickness and disease. He said my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. He said that he gives me peace that surpasses all understanding. When I say it my inner man is beginning to grow and be satisfied with the fruit of my mouth and with the increase of thy lips he says shall he be filled now watch this though verse 21 I referenced this on Wednesday on Thursday he said death and life are in the power of the tongue The power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Love what? Either death or life. What you love is what you're going to be speaking. Do I have an abundance of God's word or do I have an abundance of doubt and unbelief? And so maybe that's the reason why you are not seeing the goodness of God. It's because your mouth keeps canceling out the goodness of God even in your life. Maybe that's the reason why God can't recompense you for the things that you've done even in the past is it because you keep speaking death to the blessing every time it tries to show up and run you over within life. I was, uh, I was talking uh, with someone And bless God, she was telling me, yeah, it'd be just like me, you know, that my car had this issue, and and this that issue, and my kids, and and I'm always, yes, my house, this always happened. And I said, I'm not going to let you just continue to be negative, at least not around me. Because you don't understand you are operating in a principle law from the word of God But your ignorance because you can't comprehend this area yet is speaking death to your life The reason why you get what you get is because you keep saying what you're saying So your faith is operating just like the system is intended to manifest within your life Because that's what you say You say your car is going to break down Bless God God says yes it does have to break down then, doesn't it? death and life are in the power now I've told you in the past that word power comes from a Hebrew word which is interpreted yad which means hand so when you look at your tongue what you are speaking you are using your spiritual hand to bring in those things of life or to bring in those things of death now watch this number three number three watch this my believing can place limits on the limitless God. My believing can place limits on the limitless God. Now, i got to prove this out in just a few minutes and just walk with me. Turn over, if you will, in your Bibles to Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. I want to I show you this by the word of God. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here, and then we're going to get ready to go home. Amen. Luke chapter number four. My believing can place limits on the limitless God. Luke chapter number four. That's one of the reasons why we got to understand this. The more we understand this, <clears throat> that some of the attacks that happen within our life is not an attack the way you think it is. It's an attack on your face. Is an attack on your believing. That's the reason why he says count our joy when you go through diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the triangle of, notice he says your faith, work of patience. Because the issues show up because they're coming for your faith. Now, notice this, chapter 4 in uh, the book of Luke, he says in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus speaking. He goes into a synagogue, he stands up, the power of God's on him, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that have been bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, can you imagine Jesus standing in the synagogue and he begins to take his text and he says, yes it is and most of us think we would have said that's right amen but Jesus is at home with folks that are leaning beside each other saying ain't that Mary's boy well he said what now why is he reading Isaiah and they're getting offended at what he in fact said in fact let's look over at uh, verse 28. And it says, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled not with faith, but with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the bow of the hill whereon the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. Now, this is Jesus now. He says, the Spirit of God is upon me. And yet the hearers were offended. And this offense moved into a position of wrath. And they were getting ready to turn, Jesus, throw him off the cliff, head first. Verse 30, thank God for this, but passing through them in the midst of them, he went his way. See, when the anointing is on you, God is the one that recompenses you. You're able to go even in the midst of folks that are against you. You're able to split the crowd and still keep walking. Turn over, if you will, to... Uh, so Matthew, let's turn over there. I want to show you this. I'm, I'm going somewhere for a reason. Matthew. Matthew chapter number 14 13. I'm sorry Matthew chapter number 13, verse 58. I believe this one's on the board similar situation Jesus has been preaching he's been going out he's been teaching the miracles are happening and then he goes home to preach and then verse 57 says and when he begins to preach he essentially says verse 57 and they were offended at him but Jesus said unto them a prophet is not without honor save in his own country and in his own house one of the reasons why they were offended at him is because they had an idea of what the Messiah was supposed to look like he ain't not look right Sometimes this is where we get offended at God because what we imagine something to look like doesn't look the way we imagine it and we get offended when God says, that's it. 58, watch this. And he did not many mighty works there because, watch he says, of their unbelief. He did not many mighty works and it was not his fault. It says because of their unbelief. Now he had been ministering all around the countryside to other folks. Showing the willingness of God to heal, to deliver, to set free. Because when he first is anointed, he goes back to his hometown and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To preach to teach, do all these kind of things, and then he begins to do so. He begins to minister, and then he makes another trip back to his house, and then they still don't believe. So he's not able to do certain things in his hometown that he's able to do other places, and it's not because of his ability, but it's because of their believing. One more place Mark chapter number six, Mark chapter number six, verse number five. Mark chapter 6, verse number 5. Mark chapter 6. I got to get there myself. Mark chapter 6, verse number 5. This is a similar situation. He says, and he could there do uh, no mighty works, save he lay his hands on a few sick folks and healed them. He could there do no mighty works. Notice how this says he couldn't do it. Because most of the time when we think about God, God is all powerful. What do you mean he could He says he could there do no mighty work. He would not do it. Why? said he lays in on a few. And I, know, I notice how the King James says a few sick folks. So a few folks that didn't have a whole lot wrong with them. And healed them. Verse 6 says, watch this, and he marveled because of their, the possessed word, their unbelief, and he went around about the village teaching, because really when you have an abundance of unbelief, the only thing that can answer unbelief is to teach the word of God. So he says he could not do many mighty works, save he lay his hand on a few folks who didn't have a whole lot wrong for them, because of their unbelief. My believing can place limits on the limitless God. My believing is important. Even in regards to when I'm saying I'm believing God for his recompense within my life, if I'm not believing God for recompense within my life on this side of heaven, it limits the limitless God. That's the reason why God only does certain things for certain people on the other side in heaven is because of their believing, not because of his ability. Watch this. Number four. God will never force you to receive anything, even his goodness. God will never force you to receive anything, even his goodness. You say, well, Reverend, I don't believe that. Well, let's think about this just for a second. Now, is it a good thing to be born again? Is it a good thing to be in the kingdom of God? If that is the case, why in the world doesn't God just force everybody to be born again, as some would teach? No, he says, by grace are you saved through faith. Why does he indicate this? Because you got to receive his goodness within your life. The only way you get born again is you got to receive it. This is the reason why Revelation 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if any man shall any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. In other words, you got to open the door. Salvation is accessible to every single person, but every single person is not going to open the door. The goodnesses of God are, or the goodness of God is accessible to every person, but everybody is not going to receive it because they don't open the door. And one of the ways we know you don't open the door is because, once again, we listen to what you're saying. You say this, God says that. It's not in agreement. So God says, you got to have that and not this. God will never force you. He will never force you to receive anything, even his goodness. So you say, I'm not believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. God says, I got to author. I can't authorize goodness within your life because that's not what you're believing for. You don't want it. You ever been in a situation, and I, I've had situations in my life where, you know, somebody wanted to just be good to you, wanted to do something for you, And in my stubbornness, I was like, no, you ain't got to do all that. (laughs) I don't need you to do that. Exactly right. You will miss your blessing, and they miss the opportunity to be good to you because of the fact I wouldn't receive it. It's available for me, but because I won't receive it, they got to take that gift and just walk on off. They're not blessed because they weren't able to be obedient to God. You're not blessed because you really needed what was in their hand. The reality is whose fault is it? Is it the person's willingness to give it or is the person that said no through pride I reject it? A lot of times, this is what God looks like in our life. He's trying to get his goodness and mercy in your life, but you, because of your unbelief, keep rejecting it. You, because of your doubt, keep rejecting it. And so God says, what I need my people to do in 2023 is stay in this position. What is that called? Position of rest, that there are people, there are places, there are things that he's moving you into position to receive. And if you stay in the position of patience, everything that he said to you will manifest but don't you move away into doubt and unbelief number five number five his goodness has to be therefore received by faith his goodness has to be received by faith Hebrews 11 verse 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20 says all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Now if he already says yes and amen to him and I submit to you his goodness and we'll continue to look at this and see this later on that his goodness is available to every single believer as a part of his benefits package but the thing is you got to receive it by faith. You got to receive what he says you are. You got to receive what his promises declare that you can have. You got to receive the fact that he is the God of recompense by faith. You got to receive that first. So you got to receive Abraham when he says, if you obey me, I'll make you the father of many nations. Abraham, you got to pack your bags up and you got to head that direction. You got to receive Noah that he's going to destroy the world and he's going to save your family. So you got to go out here and really chop the wood and you got to really move things in position so that when the rain comes, your family is prepared you got to believe David that when he says you are the anointed king you can't die at the hands of Goliath because of the fact he's bigger and he's well positioned and has more training you got to believe that this impossible situation can fall because God who anointed me in the back in the booth in the corner didn't send me out here for me to die on this field everything of God's goodness has to be perceived first by faith this is why David says I would have fainted. But my belief system kicked in. I would have fainted. But the power of God that worketh on the inside of me, this is what we need to look like, said, no, no, I'm going to keep believing. Or as we used to say, I'm going to believe God anyhow. Let's pray. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that we decide to believe your word. We decide to believe your word, God. And Lord, we won't even be distracted by even annoyances. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true. God, there are days that we feel like faint. There are some days that that we feel like caving in, but God, we yet believe. And Lord, we're believing to see your goodness on this side of heaven. Lord, continue to teach us in regards to you being the God of recompense. And Lord, we open ourselves to receive. We'll not block the blessings of God with our mouth. We'll not block the blessings of God with our unbelief. But Lord, we surrender our lives to you and make a decision. Lord, we will receive everything that you have for us. All of your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone that say, Amen. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, there's gonna be a day. I'll say, man, y'all remember when the when next door? <laughs> man, we had to fight. Look at all this building the Lord has blessed us with because He's the God of recompense. <laughs> Look at all this building. Look at all this equipment. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. It's giving time. It's giving time. Let's look, if you will, in Proverbs once again. Proverbs chapter three. The scripture says in verse number 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruit of all thine increase. Now, as I said before, it'd be one thing if he said that, and he could. He's God Almighty. But he says, when you do that, he says, you are operating in, once again, the principle of the payback. He says, when you do this, this area of honor, he says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Well, now we look at this scripture Sometimes because we've been in, in, in the faith for a long time, you know, we, we overlook it. He says, all right, you give and your barn's going to be filled. Well, that, that, that seems like oxymoron. It seems like what? If I'm taken out of my barn to give, then it seems to me that I'm going to have less. But he says, no, the exact opposite principle is going to happen. He says, when you give God the first fruit, he says, so shall your barns be filled with plenty. And I presses shall burst out, he says, with new wine, new ideas, new concepts. So he says, I know you think that when you sow seed, you are everything in the natural says you're losing, when in reality, God says you are sowing for a harvest. And if you would believe me to be the God of the payback, he says, put yourself in position through obedience for me to look on the books and say, I got to balance the books out. I got to balance the books I see that they've sown seed. All right. We got to make sure the books are balanced. Make sure their barns are filled with plenty. So don't throw away your confidence in regards to sowing your seeds. Every week we have an opportunity to sow seeds into where God tells us to sow. To give our tithes and our offerings for the building of his kingdom. Three ways that you can give to the training center. One way is by way of our online giving. The wwwthetrainingcenter church org. Second way is by way of our cash app, which is dollar sign one TTC. Third way is by way of our, P sorry, oh, by way of our, by mail, which is 1314 West Second Avenue, Gastonia, North Carolina, 28052. Again, that is by mail. Here in the building at the training center, 1314 West Second Avenue, Gastonia, North Carolina, 28052. And of course, you can give live and in the house always are received by this ministry and we thank God for those that are sowing on this morning that have sowed and those that will be sown. You are indeed helping to make it in fact happen. Amen. Congregation, let's go ahead and set ourselves in agreement with those that have indeed sown are sowing and will sow in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that you are the one that supplies all of our need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that, that as we sow our seed this morning, as we sow our seed online, as we sow our seed in the future, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the abundance, the God of increase. You are the one to make all grace abound towards us, that we are fully supplied for every need. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing in which there's not room enough to receive. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that rebukes the devourer for our seed. And so we speak to our seed and say, seed, go and grow and produce the harvest that God has for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. April the 30th. April the 30th is our friends and family service here at the training center. Amen, amen, amen. I believe there is one slide in there. Down (laughs) at... At the bottom, amen. April the 30th, amen, is our friends and family service, and we want to invite all of those that are able to come, even those that perhaps are not necessarily a part of this body, but our friends and partners to come join with us on the fifth Sunday of the uh, month of April for this special time of fellowship and time of worship, amen, Uh, We invite, of course, all of our partners that partner with this ministry to come on and be a part of that service at that time. We just want to just kind of fellowship with you and thank God for you. I say again, thank God for our members. I thank God for our members that are committed and those that are, are indeed coming. We call them from the north, the south, the east, and the west, the continued growth of this church. But thank God for our partners. Amen. Those that hear the Spirit of God, wherever they are, man, dear God, and they obey God and they sow into this ministry. I can't tell you how many times that this ministry that God at the last minute, somebody from somewhere else, not in Gastonia, sowed a seed, and it was right on time. So I thank God for our partners, amen, of the training center. And I thank God for our faithful members at this church as well. So that's the time on the 30th, which is after Easter. We want to kind of place this after Easter, after all the big festivities of all of the churches throughout the region and place it at the uh, fifth Sunday because of uh, uh, where we are currently as a ministry. And, And just, you know, put it at the bottom of that month for friends and family to come in. And we want to just be a blessing to you at that time. Amen. So unless you need personal prayer or ministry, you may be dismissed. We will see you Thursday night. Amen. Hello, I'm Lady Aisha W. Smith. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Training Center Church located here in Gastonia, North Carolina, at 1314 West 2nd Avenue, Suite B. If you're joining us and this is your first time, we'd like to take this time to say thank you. If you're new to our area or if you're looking for a church home, we currently have our services on Thursday evening at 6.45 and 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. We'd like to invite you and your family and even a friend to join us live here in person where we have worship every Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Give thanks and be blessed. I'm Lady Aisha W. Smith. On behalf of our pastor, Pastor A.C. Smith, we love you and thank you so very much.